Welcome to the Strategy Mom Podcast. Tune in for a deep dive into everything automotive with some of the top experts in the field. Be in the know with Strategy Mob. Hey guys, welcome to the Strategy Mob Podcast. I'm Skinny and with me today, I have a very impromptu podcast with Sandy and oh gosh, uh, is it Zanino? Am I getting it right? Good, yeah. Amazing. Um, And I've got to tell the story right away just because it's our intro now because, you know, we've only talked for 40 minutes already. (laughs) But how I met Sandy. So this was such a cool thing. And uh, I really think it speaks now, especially talking to you, I really think it kind of speaks to, you know, kind of your spirit and your energy. Um, I was on LinkedIn scrolling as I'm always doing. And I see, and I don't know why I was attracted to this at all. But I see this post of you, I guess there's a camera set up in the in, in the foreground and you're standing there and it says Digital Dealer Conference Tampa. And I was like, oh yeah, I've been hearing about this. So I was like, oh, okay, what's this? And I can hear Bruno Mars in the background and I read the caption quickly, it's like dance break. I'm like, no way. And I'm like, let's see. So sure enough, there you are. You just start busting a move. Now, two other people join in. Are those people from your crew or are those just random people walking through? One guy was the DJ. No, okay. It, the the guy that came out doing the robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Lou Ramirez um, is someone that I just met and met him at Digital Dealer. I asked him for some help. I was like, hey, can you hit the start button so I can come out from the back? Okay. Of the thing. And then I was like, well, come on. Come on and dance Amazing. with me. Amazing. It was almost like we choreographed it. Like, it, no, honestly, it was. It was fantastic. And that started my day. I was not having a bad day, just sitting down, enjoying my coffee, about to flip the news on. And I saw this and I couldn't help but just smile and be like, this is such a cool vibe. Um, and it was just that energy was right. And like, and again, it's for me, it's people interacting where, you know, we haven't been used to that a whole lot here in Ontario. Um and it was so, I, it was just so nice. And I had to comment and I normally never comment on stuff like that if I don't know the people, but I was just like, you know what? Like you made my day best post by far a week. And that's how we connected. And uh, yeah, and then by fluke, you know, there was another podcast that we had scheduled for you today and that just couldn't, co- uh, couldn't come to, to fruition. So I was like, hey, you know what? Let's do this. And uh, I'm so glad we did it because we've been chatting already for like 45 minutes, but. I'm, you know, I'm so excited to talk with you and that's the thing that i do really as i connect people yes is i really do i connect with people and then yeah. usually I, it's very rare that i have a conversation that i don't say you know what you need to know this person over here right. somehow you know right. so and that is actually kind of like part of what i do but the so, dance breaks yes that i started doing these little like 45 second dance break wednesday videos really okay yeah, like if you so this context is this wasn't just a random thing. You've been doing these. I started doing them about two months ago. Okay, about two months ago. Every Wednesday, I try and put out like just like a, because well, dancing is my happy place. Okay, it is absolutely my happy place, and I believe strongly that we need to go to our happy place. Yeah, and particularly Wednesday, you know, it's hump day in the middle. Yeah, of yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And yeah. in our industry, I don't know many people that don't work just boom you know mm-hmm. just really hard um and sometimes i need to take a break and i do this at home huh. on my own i put 
I won't say her name because she'll start playing something. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Right? Your, your you know. AI assistant. Yeah. <laughs> yes, her. And, and I'll just like stop for a few minutes and dance. So I started doing these dance break videos and they got a lot of engagement, weirdly enough, you know. Um, it's not thing- weird. It's not weird. It is what everybody needs to do, but is too embarrassed to do. Let's call it that. Well, I want to do a group one. Like I want to do like uh, on Zoom. Like, yeah, you know, no, that'd be, that'd be hilarious. And it, when I got the digital dealer, it was like they set me up. Like <laughs> they had a, this DJ guy who, of course, I came out and I was like, all right, man, what's happening over here? Yeah. And, and it, so I just had to do one and it, it worked out. It worked out. And now we have to see what's going to happen in Vegas. Hey, listen, it brightened my day up. And I I said to Jason, I called Jason. I said, dude, you got to go. You got to see this girl's post. It's amazing. It's so much fun. And he actually wanted to be there too. So he was really disappointed that he couldn't go. And I said, like, this, this is, this is someone we've got to talk to. I said, I don't know why, but I just think she's got this really cool vibe to her. I'm like, you got to talk to her. She's in automotive. It's right up your alley. Let me set this up for you. Um, and then, yeah, it was just everything, how it all kind of aligned. I was messaging you from his account and then, oh man, it was just hilarious how this all kind of, kind of came to So no, it's fantastic. And I'm so happy to have you here. Um, so people who date, de- who don't know you, maybe let's say, uh, especially cause we're in Ontario. Um, so tell us about your background. What's, uh, what do you do in this crazy automotive world? <laughs> <laughs> I've worn a lot of hats in, in this world. Okay. Um, I started in the car business in 1998 and I was hired by a dealer to answer the phones and file. Okay. And we all at the same time, I guess, really kind of realized that I, how smart I was. So I, it really kind of worked out that way. I mean, like it was funny cause I didn't know what was going on The actually the, the, and I, that group, those people are still so close to my heart. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, it was the wild automotive group. Um, they have dealerships in Florida and Wisconsin. Okay. And at the time, Harold Wild, who started the, the company was at the end of his life. I started like two weeks before he passed away. So the first thing that I did was plan the end of life celebration. Really? Right? Yeah. And I, all I was, like, I just wanted to help these people. I'm mm-hmm. going to cry. <laughs> um, but that, I think, endeared them to me and, and me to them, right? Yeah, yeah. And, um, I mean, like, but, and then that summer, the dealer, he was like, I'm going to Connecticut for, the, <laughs> for three months. Can you work? Can you, can you do the websites? Like, I got, like, the first websites together. Really, eh? Yeah. Like, I mean, they were just handing me stuff. So then I did payroll and I did, you know, I just started running the corporate office and Mm -hmm. my, I'd always had an interest in human resources. Um, Here in, in this country, when you start with an employer, there's a form that you have to fill out and you have to provide verification of your identity and your eligibility to work in the United States for anybody who might be watching in the U S that's the I-9. So I was always that employee who was like, no, I can give you my passport. You don't need my driver's license and social security card. Like, I always read the, uh, I always read the small print, right? <laughs> so 
I was always interested in, in human resources. And I just kind of started raising my hand when I would see things that might not, they weren't getting done. Right. So I volunteered myself. Um, and that just kind of, kind of grew. They allowed me to learn and grow. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I took over the benefits and the 401k and, you know, it, it just really kind of grew, um, until I was the HR manager. Plus I ran the corporate office and, and, you know, did a various and sundry. Okay. So, you you know, like it's no different to dealers up here. We all have, um, that special person that you, you, you sign on to a store and then you realize the capabilities and then they become the go-to person. But that was me. Yeah. And, and I think you had that, uh, uh, um, opportunity because you worked for a dealer group, right? Some right. people, they start off and it's a single owner or sometimes, you know, they only own one or two stores. So the, the expansion for that role isn't, I don't think as grand as what you had as an opportunity. That's fantastic. So you just kind of by, by asking questions and having tasks assigned to you, you just end up, you know, and being I that person. Again, you know, to te- I went back to school because my, my life story is, is fun. I won't tell you the, the whole thing. I kind of, um, I grew up late, I okay. guess, right? I grew up late. Um, and I didn't really have, I, I worked in hospitality a lot. Customer service, I've always had my, uh, customer service is a big thing for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I never really realized it because I grew up at my dad's knee watching him deliver customer service to our, we had a little neighborhood grocery, Italian grocery store. Okay. All right. And so I didn't really realize that what he was doing was customer service, but it's about relationships. So I learned that at an early age um, and, and I just kind of brought it with me. You know, I was, I waited tables for many years, did a lot of different things, um, but I brought that with me. And what I've discovered about human resources, particularly in automotive, right? If I look at HR as internal customer service and I've got my dealer is my first customer, mm-hmm. the managers are my second customer, but the forgotten customer, the employees are also my internal customer, right? Yeah. And, and that's to me is kind of like the secret sauce. I, that's such a unique look at it that I love that, that, that you are in a customer service. It's, it's the dealers and the employees. Yeah, no, hundred percent. That's, that's so enlightening. You know, when you, when there's so much that can be um, averted when, when employees in particular know that they have someone who actually listens to them mm-hmm. and, and that they trust because trust is a big part of that. You know, I was very trusted, um, by the dealer. Um, and sometimes it's, it's a challenge, right? Like, Mm. and there is a challenging part because, and I won't say it like happened right away that trust, but, and, and, and I had to grow to where I was able to, because sometimes in my position, you have to tell, you're always given the news that somebody doesn't want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Often, often you're, you're, you're given that. So it takes some, um, you gotta have some, some balls really. To be, like when you're telling, when you were telling the person that signed your check. Yeah. Something that they don't want to hear 
which is another thing that is really important in human resources because mm -hmm. in many, many companies, um, I mean, you could do a Google search and look for, I guess, how would you put it? A percentage of employees that don't trust HR. Right. Like, <laughs> don't come to HR because they don't think HR is going yeah. to do the right thing. Yeah. They're just right? a yes man for the guy upstairs. Exactly. Yeah. That and that it takes they have to know and it sometimes it takes and i i can say i mean i had an employee when i left that that dealer group there were a couple employees um and they were uh one guy in particular yeah he's like sandy who's gonna care about us <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing i was like the group cares you know they do because i work that's for amazing uh i mean i was the go-to Mm -hmm. Right. But in the end, the dealer cared. Well, that's, that's it, special it, and that's unique. And that's, uh, but it goes to show you that they had an HR department because they cared so much. Right. Yeah. And they, they obviously empowered you to have that relationship with the employees um, because they cared. And that's great. I think they cared about me. They really, like, they, like I said, like the story I told you in the beginning, like mm -hmm. they, there, I was endeared to them, right? And yeah. Um, so, but this who I am, like that is who I am. Like I run around, and I think that it it's given me a good. Uh, it helps me in my business today, right? In consulting, in helping dealers know how to structure their HR department, mm -hmm. also to know um, that HR should not be sitting in an office and you only see them when somebody's losing their job. Right. Yeah. Um, part of what made me so successful and getting a, I mean, that group, the Florida leg of that group, um, when, when I left there, the turnover was at like 23 to 25% mm. through, which is super low mm -hmm. in, um for the turning door of a dealership yeah <laughs> yeah i mean and that that wasn't all me that's also you know they have um that particular group their pay plan is awesome right. they have it's no draw right like okay people understood they, uh, there's no draw yeah people got they knew what they were making yeah and every pay period and there's no true up at the end of the month the only true up the only you know big commission payroll is sales managers see and that's mm -hmm. like there's something to be said about making salespeople earn every dollar and i think that's something that you know is taken for granted here um and it's so funny too because here i don't know a dealership myself that doesn't operate on a draw and yet it's still funny how unaccountable salespeople can be for their actions and, and product during the day. Yeah. You know, you're, mean, you're paying people to be here, but you're not enforcing any activities other than watch the door for the up bus, make your calls, answer leads. Other than that, I guess just sit there. Right. Because then you really kind of have in order at, I, I, I'm not a big fan of the draw. I mean, like I, I know that it's a big deal in our industry mm -hmm. and perhaps because that's the way I grew up with no draw. Yeah. yeah. You know, in this industry that, that might be part of it, but I mean, what I've, what I've seen is like, what do you do when somebody's in the bucket? 
you know, and then they owe you money. Yeah. But you need to actually now, even if it's performance, you should really have like at least a three month window of them not meeting their performance standard. Yeah. Before you are going to let them go. Now they're in the bucket three months. Yeah. And here you can only recoup so much of that because you have a, you have to pay people minimum wage for every hour that they work. Yeah. Yeah. You can't take all their, uh, you know, then you've got, you're paying for their healthcare. I mean, sometimes the draw doesn't make much sense to me. And I do believe that our industry is, we need to make some kind of like big changes. Yeah. <laughs> big, big changes for culture because, um, and this is one of my, I get on these soapboxes, like I get on, on, you know, and I, this is actually, I guess I shouldn't call it a soapbox because it, I've been talking about this for years. Right. Um, and that is how our industry really might need to change uh, because of the demographic of the workforce. Yeah. You know? um, so give me an example of that. Well, worldwide, um, like in a couple of years now, millennials and Gen Z will make up like 70% of the workforce. Yeah. So we're also in a very interesting place uh, where I don't know if we've had this many generations in the workforce before, yeah. but there yeah. could be five, right? Like some, some dealers are actually still where they're traditionalists. Then we've got boomers who are rapidly reaching retirement age. Mm -hmm. They're also our thought leaders and our skill leaders, right? Like you've got these boomers who need to take their knowledge give it to the millennials yeah and gen z millennial right now is the biggest cohort in in the at least the u.s workforce yeah um but gen z is coming up quick and gen z is they're going to be even bigger this is a generation that is even bigger than mm -hmm. than millennials different than millennials Yes. Right now, our workforce is going to be millennials. Who I, I I think I think other generations get a bad rap, like the generations that come behind. Sure, you know the next generation. I think we're just pissed off because they're younger than us sometimes. Right? <laughs> oh, those you know those whippersnappers. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, and I think that that that's always been there's. Uh, I could give you some examples. There's a Newsweek article that was written in 1993 okay. that if you, and it's called like the whiny generation. And yeah. if you read the article without knowing when it's been written, you would think that it's been, that they're talking about millennials. Oh, that's but so funny. What talking about is my generation is generation X. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. So um, it's the same complaint. Does it? Yeah. Just the generations. Yeah. Yes. And, but so, so, why I think we need to change is because Gen Z is not going to work in, in, in our culture, in yeah. our traditional automotive culture. Yeah, I agree. Um, and it's already been hard to get millennials to stay. When you look at the NADA 
you know, workforce studies and they, mm-hmm. they break it down turnover by generation, by gender. We know that we have a, a challenge um, recruiting women and, mm-hmm. and, you know, diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you put all of that together, I just really believe that our industry has to have a, um, a paradigm shift really like where, at least I hope we do, um, you know, and of course there's, there's so much reason when you, when you look at just diversity, yeah. right. Um, which inclusion comes first, yes. right? Yeah, absolutely. Inclusion comes first and, and diversity is, um, it's a, 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 it's broad, obviously right now, racial diversity, um, especially after, you know, a, a year ago, yeah. Uh, and the murder of, of George Floyd really brought the inequities to light. Mm-hmm. More people realize um, there's something just wrong. Yeah. There's, there's something wrong. And you can look at our dealer body and see, I mean, in the, uh, of course, I can speak mostly to, to U.S. because I haven't studied of course. Canadian dealers, but you know, there's what, like roughly 18,000 dealers. And I think, I think we're, I think the minority dealership, there's like 14, 14 to 15,000 minority dealers owned mm-hmm. out of 18,000 dealers. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy. That's, it's so huge. Yeah. And that is also reflected in, in our workforce, you know, we're the most diverse country. Our population is so super diverse, Mm -hmm. but that's not reflected in, in In the showroom. showroom. Yeah. Isn't. Yeah. No, it's really not. It really isn't. And the reason I believe the reason is, is because of inclusion, right? Without fostering a true culture that is inclusive, that not just welcomes, but also celebrates mm-hmm. people for their differences. Um, without that, we can hire for all the diversity that we want, but sure. they're still not going to stay. Yeah, yeah, I like, understand exactly what you mean. You know, um, so I think that it's a, the solution for that is is doing it all at the same time. And it takes a long time. Like that's the other thing too, that's gonna be tough. I think that's gonna be a challenge for our yeah. industry. Yeah. is that understanding that if you really want to make a difference um, and also make like what the research shows is that it's a 36% profit difference. 36%. Really? Div- gender and racial diversity creates a 36% higher performance and profit than companies that don't do it that's incredible that's from a mckinsey study that they've they've been doing incrementally like the it was like the third one mm-hmm. um i think it was 26 percent if it's just gender diversity no kidding yeah so and that means at all levels right you you yeah. need to see people need to see it to be it yeah um 
So, you know, one thing I tell dealers, like if they, if they want to start, I'm like, okay, start first, look at your census, right? Like see yeah. where you are, compare that with your demographics in the area in which you operate. Absolutely. Yeah. You'll, and you'll see the imbalance right there. <laughs> well, right. You'll see it. But I also say, and it doesn't count if all of your minority employees are in detail, car wash, <laughs> yeah. ballet. Yeah, no, it's so true, though. It, it It is so true. You're absolutely right. And all your women are in accounting. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I there is nothing more fascinating to me because I have hired several women uh, for sales roles and they've always, always exceeded on general expectations, not because they're women, but sales expectations. They've always exceeded it. And I've always, um, it, it, it's just that inclusive and that it creates that culture, right? And when you have inclusivity in your showroom, you have this this culture that really, like you say, hopefully celebrates together. But what you don't see is, you know, like Christmas is just a, it's such an easy example to kind of pick on. Um, you know, Christmas in a dealership in Ontario is celebrated. Trees go up and decorations go up. However, Ramadan, there's not an email to say happy Ramadan, you know, go wish Amir happy Ramadan. That's so right. not included. Right. right. So you know, we only celebrate what's traditional. But when you look at, like you say, the demographic of our customers, it's so non-traditional. It's so widely diverse that we really, you know, that culture, like you say, for people to feel included in part of the family, because let's face it, every dealership preaches it's a family here. We're such a family atmosphere. Well, no, you're not because you're only celebrating, you know, things if that look like us only. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and okay. I, mean, I think that it's a challenge for people who look like me and you mm -hmm. often to acknowledge um, to acknowledge the privilege that that yep. we have that, that I didn't do anything to get other than be born. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, it I think it can be a challenge and um, I think the one thing I say sometimes to people is that if you feel defensive about that, take a deep breath, you know, and, and breathe into that because defensiveness is one of the, for me, mm -hmm. I know personally, if I'm defensive about something, there's something that I need to learn. Right. Like there's, there's something there. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, no matter what it is. So, um, it's, it can be a, a challenge. And the other part is understanding um, that these initiatives, DEI initiatives, actually I'm looking at the clock because at one o'clock uh, I'm, I'm part of a automotive champions DEI council. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is a huge passion of mine. I, I would love to see our industry be the best that it could possibly be. And we can't do that until, until we overcome this challenge. Right. So, so let me ask you something. Yeah. Um, because again, just using my own, my own experience as an example, um, you know, in all honesty, I think for the most part, most of the stores I've worked at 
management is is primarily made of, made of white Caucasians, primarily. You know, I've had some great managers. Niall Boatswain, for example, was a fantastic general manager and I learned so much for him. So I've, I've had some experiences where it's not that case, but primarily it is. You know, sales managers are, are uh, usually overworked. They're always running around. There's always fires to put out. It's that dealership chaotic lifestyle that is addictive, but so not um, productive. But, you know, give me an example or some advice on if I'm in that role ever again, where it's the hustle and bustle, how can I um, take time to reflect and change my culture based on what we just talked about? How, what, what can I do to be like, stop what you're doing? You know, let's plan this out and let's make sure that I am inclusive of everybody in the store mm-hmm. um, and just take time away from that regular hustle and bustle to really try to build that inclusive environment. Well, the first thing that I always say is that you have to start with the data, right? You have to see where you are mm-hmm. before you can decide to change or where you want to change mm-hmm. or what needs to change. Um, and the the second thing is I would say hire an expert, right? Okay. Know, know that you're, um, and understand your why. Yeah. All, all these are the things that you have to do first, right? Like all, right. Of, all of that stuff to understand all that. And then you start with the data and then you include mm-hmm. other, everybody else. Yeah. You so include, have, a, have like your own little council, your own little dealership council that is made up from somebody from every department. Yeah. Um, start talking to your people do surveys. Right. Yeah. Good point. Uh, That is a huge part of, you know, first you have to get them to trust. And this is the other thing that I started to say that I never said is have an understanding that if you want to do this, it's going to take no less than three years. Right. Before you see some real, you might have some little wins and celebrate those. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. But before you see some real, change the average is apparently like three years and it is a process and it's incremental you know so when you come up with with those things with an expert start and do surveys of your employees to find out where you need to do that because like what what you're saying like the question that you asked Mm -hmm. me is something that that i think that in 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 our thought processes and we do this all the time like you know a great example is every dealership now, you can go to their About Us page and you'll see their core values. Mm-hmm. Might be four or five core values. These are usually values that the dealer has decided is going to go on their website. Yeah. But are they lived? How do they show up in the dealership? Right. right? Like, what are the stories about that? Right. Asking employees, um, I think, is the most Im- one of the most important things. Asking your employees, and and you know, like I, I can send you, like I have a few little you know DEI surveys. Yeah. Um, that you could start with, that any dealer could start with to find out where they are. It's part of part Getting of knowing baseline, right? Yeah, part of yeah. knowing where you are because we think I think everybody loves it here. I think everybody <laughs> loves it so here. 
right? Like, why wouldn't they? Yeah. Um, but maybe some people don't. And those and now, are... is this something? It sounds to me, and I think you've already said it, but it sounds like you know, is this something that um, falls on a uh, something for the HR to do? But I, I, as I asked that question, I realized you said, you know what, this should be a council. This should be everybody you know from different departments that kind of is this something that you tackle as a team um it's uh, in my view the like i told you that i i um took a class and one of the things that and it wasn't a class it was a three-month class right mm -hmm. like you can go get a certification in three days yeah. um i didn't want to do that it gave it gave a framework right so i have this framework and you, it has moving parts. Mm -hmm. um, just like it fits so great with our industry, right? It's all these moving parts. Um, HR by itself is not equipped. Mm -hmm. We're not equipped. They don't teach us this. We're just not equipped. Right. Um, so my first advice is definitely hire some hire an expert. I don't. I haven't even started really doing this yet because. Right. I want to work with another expert, you know, and I'm talking to better to, understand it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like I, I don't want to go in like, a, you know, there's another aspect of that. That's a, a personal thing. Like I didn't want to be like the white woman who's like, Oh, on DEI. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no fair. Absolutely. Yeah. I understand. Um, so yeah, it, it, to me, there needs to be, um, executive level uh promoters mm -hmm. i guess my or or sponsors mm -hmm. of this but it a good program is going to include everybody in some way there's so many different things that you can do and you don't have to do it all that's the thing it can seem like really daunting sure you can start small yeah absolutely yep no, start small. In fact, I, I definitely want to want to mention um, Wokan. I don't know if you're. Are you familiar with Wokan, the Women of no. Color Automotive Network? No, never. No, I heard, heard that. Oh, we need to we need to tell you about Wokan because okay, please do. One, <laughs> one, um, one aspect of DEI programming is employee resource groups, mm -hmm. right? So racial diversity, you know, we already don't have a lot of women. We have even less women of color. Right. Right. 19, let's say 19% women, about 5% women of color. Okay. So when you have employee resource groups, um, it's kind of hard for a store. They, you're not going to have enough people to have an actual employee resource group. Mm -hmm. So WOCAN, one of the things about women of color automotive network which was started by four women of color in our industry uh carrie wise um amanda gordon um erica tiffany and um patrice banks are are okay. the four founders um and i'm i'm blessed they're actually oh if you could go register today if you go to the website yeah um which i think it's WOC Automotive. I got it. Let me look it up because it's not. <laughs> um, you can register uh, because Amanda Gordon's telling her story tonight. So there's programming. It's a place 
for women of color in our industry okay. in automotive um, to find support. Mm -hmm. um, education is a is a big part, and and we also have. Um, I'm saying we because I'm a member of Wocan. Yeah, as, yeah. As an ally member, right? And you know, so there's going to be uh, some interesting stuff happening. But there's, you know, we have there's a speaker uh, every month. There's a, a speaker um, quarterly. There's other educational uh, mm -hmm. opportunities. There's networking opportunities. You know, your network is your network. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just a, an awesome organization that was born um, was born really from the these four founders and their experience in the automotive industry. Yeah, uh, often being the only one. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have no doubt about that. Often being the only one, being the only one um, leaves you no room for. Uh, there's no margin for error. Yep. Did you ever think about that? Like, there's no margin. For error. Mm -hmm. No, like, it, be twice as good and yeah. half as black or yeah. half as Indian or, you know, and um, anyway, so I definitely want to mention Wokan and, and invite anybody who might be watching to, you know, go check us out on Facebook and and, and everywhere, because it's a pretty awesome organization. It's also a place for your your employees, your women of color employees mm -hmm. to, to go to. And we welcome allies too. So that's men of color, mm -hmm. men in general, and uh, women who look like me. You know, I think there's something to be said about uh, about a male who wants to learn about that to help empower their sales team who are women, who are women of color, who are diverse, you know, I, 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 you can learn so much from these groups to help your employees. Um, and it, you know, then you can take these things and like you say, it starts at the top, right? So if you see that leadership role, you know, encouraging and helping and the other salespeople, the other people in the dealership really get a sense of, um, that, that culture, that, that inclusive environment. And I just think it, it it feels good, right? Like there's humanity at all levels. And, you know, just because a dealership is a business and it's quick and it's fast paced and it's fires and it's sales and it's, there's still humanity that goes on there. And especially in the context, because we always forget this, the context of what we're selling, we're selling the second most expensive purchase anybody will ever make. Yeah. Often the first for these new generations. That's a great point. Yeah great point biggest yeah that's a great point when you look at you know now the, the i think the, the average was like 33 years old still living at home with their parents because they can't afford to move out they can but i mean imagine having a environment and a culture where there is inclusivity and it's very you know like i say that humanity is brought back to the dealership and everybody just feels those you know the warm and fuzzies well yeah. it's not lost on your clients and your guests coming in the door, they're going to feel that. And what a great purchase experience when you have that humanity of that, that, that environment in your store. And you know what else we're going to have? I mean, one thing we forget is not only our, when, when we're looking at staffing and who, who is our future staff, they're also your future 
clients. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to have the biggest buying power in the, in, in the dealership. So, yeah. I mean, there's so many things that, that you just said that, I, but I have a question that I want to ask you yes, because you, mentioned, you mentioned that you had hired women and ha- and they just excelled and just kicked ass. Mm-hmm. So what was it about them? <laughs> to be honest, um, they, they have a softer side. Um, in, in particular, this, this, this one girl, she was a girl at the time. She was, I believe, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name is Alyssa. She's just a sweetheart. I hired her. Uh, she was doing, um, uh, I think she was ECE, if I'm not mistaken. So she was a early childhood educator working like a, a, a daycare setting. Um, and she came to me through a friend and I said, listen, I said, you know, I'd love to train you. We had a, a completely um, abolish the sales process in this dealership that I was at is a whole, whole other story to tell you. But anyway, she came to us and I was able to train her from basically never knowing anything about cars, um, to a salesperson and her, her gentleness from working with kids too, especially, I think really shined. She, um, she sat with the customer in the same side of the desk rather than behind a desk. You know what I mean? It was not a sales process for her. It was, it was relationships. It was a relationship. She understood clearly, and this was not her trying to be tenacious at sales, which is the hilarious part. For 16 months, she was not a good salesperson, okay? She was a good relationship builder. And what I mean by that is she could not close a deal. Almost all of her customers, I would come in, I'd chit-chat. It was the easiest sale of my life because they were just loving her, they were already on board, but she didn't know how to wrap it up. Exactly. Literally just didn't know how to wrap it up and say, do you want to buy the car? She probably could have just said that line and it would have been yes. Yeah. Right. So for 16 months, this is my job. It's just to swoop in, you know, chitch out the customers, just get them to sign a piece of paper and then I'd leave. That's all I needed to do. But she formed this relationship and it was absolutely incredible. And I remember I was so hard on her when it got to that, you know, 14 to 16 month period, where it's like, you've got to ask for the sale. You've got to ask for the sale. You already have the sale. You don't know it just, you know, and I remember one day I was still being hard on her and she finally broke down in my office and cried. And I said, it's about time. And she says, what do you mean? I said, I think you're just about to have this moment. I said, you are a lot more tenacious than you come across as than you think you are. I said, you need something to click that you now don't stop doing anything you're doing, but just simply just say, would you like to buy the car? Slide it in there and you're just going to see, yeah, no problem. And they're going to go back to talking to you. And she laughed. She goes, you're kidding me. I said, no. I said, I've been, I've been hard on you and not wanting to come in on your deals because I wanted you to try to do it on your own. But, you know, maybe you weren't equipped. I said, but I think you're going to change. And sure enough, she did. And she became not aggressive, but she just had the confidence to ask. And she moved on and she's now working for a Lexus store and she is just doing amazing. And she's- How many cars was she selling with you? 20 some odd a month. I mean, like who wouldn't want a 20 car salesperson? She is, she's such a sweetheart. You can't help but not just love talking to her. And she just builds relationships, right? Like that's all she does. 
Damien Boudreau has taught me because I didn't know anything about sales yeah. when I was in my business. Right. And at one point I talked to this, he's a, I won't say one, he, he's, he was, he's a long retired independent dealer. He had like, a, okay. and he says to me one time when I first opened, you know, Sandy, I'm like, how do I get clients now? Like, what do I do? Mm -hmm. Any in the southern accent, Sandy. You know, even a blind, uh, even a blind hog gets an acorn once in a while. So, like he was like, just go knock on doors, go yeah. knock on everywhere. And what I've realized through learning from other people, and most especially uh, Damien Boudreau, is that sales, selling cars, is not about selling cars. Mm -hmm. Any kind of sales is not about sales. Mm -hmm. You know, about those, those relationships. We get stuck in our, but we do it the way that we do it because it's the way we've always done it. And, and that goes back to, like you were saying, we, I, this was 25 minutes ago, you saying that we have these different generations that are entering the workforce and the older generations, for lack of a better term, need to impart some wisdom, but they also need to listen. Yes. Right, because there's a different way that that we should be doing car sales in general, I believe, and it it's the people at the top who are not open to these new ideas, but the Gen Zs, the millennials are coming and going, guys, people are buying stuff everywhere other than this business differently. What are we doing here? And they don't Gen want to listen. Z, Gen Z, we could do a whole show talk <laughs> on Gen Z. Yeah, because they are the most freaking amazing to me. Number mm. also the most diverse, by the way. Yep. Like they're so diverse. Some studies say that they're more than that, that, that it's the white population of Gen Z is in the minority. Like it might be 51% diverse. Wow. So like, yeah, like, but they are so entrepreneurial. You just gotta yeah. give it to them and say, go. Yeah. What are you gonna do with this? Yeah. So anyway, I wanna keep talking to you because I'm having so much fun. You've so got to go, don't you? I do. I have my I have my DEI counsel that I need to well, play for. You need to go into the workforce and do what you do because uh, chatting with you, you've got all the right ideas. And uh, we, we're going to have to meet up again. You know what? You're gonna, you've got a whole, this is a great framework for everybody listening because we're going to get you on the Strategy with Jason podcast. You're going to have an absolute oh, blast man. with him. And you know what, so, if you want to talk to a guy about, uh, uh, about generational stuff in stores, he's the guy to do it for. He was a dealer principal before. We now work with, you know, uh, dealerships all over the Canada, US, even Australia. And he, you're going to have a great time with him. So I'm sure you can pick up this conversation where, where we left off and wow. have a great time with him. Um, so I, I, I will release you from our time together. It's been fun. We could chat for probably four more hours. I feel that way. Like we can <laughs> But no, I really, I, I so appreciate your time today. Um, for all the listeners, please check out that uh, Wukan website, uh, Facebook, wherever they are. I will, uh, we'll make sure that we post those links uh, when we release yeah. this as well. Um, and Sandy, uh, before we go, anything you want to say? How can people find you? Actually, it's a great, great thing. How can people find you? Well, you can find me on social media um, or you could... Call my, everybody's got my cell phone number, 941-306-8310, or email me at sandy at innovativeautohr.com. All right. So that's how we get a hold of Sandy. Um, if you guys are looking for HR solutions, 
to change the dealership. Um, I think from big to small, you're a great contact resource to have. And like you said uh, way earlier on, you, you know, you like to set people up with different vendors. You like to really kind of match people to who you know. And I think that's such a fantastic thing as well. So you sound like a go-to person right from all the way back from when you started in the business. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And, and really, thank you for reaching out. I really, um, it's an honor to be here, really. No, I, I think, uh, I think you and I were probably destined to do this. Oh, that's like, amazing. I love it. Actual podcast. Oh, I love it. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, if this was meant to be, it had to be because that right from that LinkedIn post, your your breakdown, uh, your dance break one day. Love uh -huh. it. Love it. Thank you so much, Sandy. I appreciate thank it you. for all these strategy mob listeners. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, until next time, just keep an eye out for Sandy with the uh, strategy with Jason podcast. She will be coming very shortly, I hope. <laughs> all right, Sandy, thanks so much. We will thank see you, you later. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to the Strategy Mob podcast. Don't want to miss new content? Visit us at strategymob.com to view our huge library of content and to sign up to be a mobster and stay in the know. And remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.